Mental health can be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pipworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. 2019, first episode of 2019. How exciting is that? It's already been a year of the Ministry of Change podcast. I can't believe it. 2018 just flew by, but I spoke to so many amazing people, met up with so many amazing people, drank cups of tea with so many amazing people. And just, yeah, I feel really inspired by that, thinking back over the year. I mean, this has all started as an exploration into my own feelings of depression and anxiety and the futility of the world. And 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 the more and more I do this, the more people I speak to, the more I feel a shift. I don't feel like that anymore. I, I see much more beauty in people and in the world and in myself. And that's something really, really important, something to really hold on to. And I hope to continue to do that throughout this year and beyond. Um, at the moment, I'm in the French Alps. Um, so a little bit of a change from the van. I'm going to be here for the next uh two months uh helping my friend sally ann who runs a, she's a mindful leadership coach and uh, she runs mindful skiing retreats and uh, a mindful leadership program here in the alps and she asked me if i'd like to come and stay and help a bit so that's what i'm doing and then i've got lots of space to work on ministry of change as well so yeah i'm really excited about this and i'm excited about the people i'm going to meet out here and hopefully i'll record some nice conversations there anyway what's coming up in this episode I'm talking about the news. Well, we're talking about positive news. I actually, it was a couple of weeks after the Brexit vote, I just thought, like, fuck this. And I, I turned off the TV news. I turned off, uh, I, I deleted all the newspaper apps and I just stopped getting my news that way. It was just damaging to my mental health. I was already struggling with depression and anxiety at the time and it was just, I didn't need to be bombarded with terrible news about like how like fucked the world is all the time because like like I know there's lots of terrible things happening in the world but like I I don't need to have that like pumped into my eyeballs all the time and make me scared of going out the front door and I think really a lot of the news is well we all know the negative news sells so that's like really what most of the mainstream media is it's it's peddling sort of the, the scare stories um and I don't think that's useful um, so I'm really interested in Positive News magazine because they actually, they I mean, they have a very different spin on it. They present news, but also they offer solutions and they, they, they highlight stories of people doing things to try and solve some of these big problems that we have. So I think that's good. That's good journalism. That's sort of giving people agency and that is important in this world where so often agency is taken away from people. It's really empowering. And so it's really nice to get the opportunity to chat with uh, Lucy Purdy, who is the editor of Positive News, about her role in that and her, uh, and I guess a little bit about the state of the world and the magazine itself. Exciting news. I'm also featured in this episode, uh, in this um, issue of Positive News magazine, the latest one, issue 96, in a feature on the called The Solutions Generation and so it's focusing on people that are sort of going out there and and looking for solutions, and it's trying to sort of be um, go against that sort of 
thing that people like Piers Morgan are pushing about the snowflake generation and how like uh, they're like sort of in yeah, inverted commas the millennial generation how we are like hopeless and we're lazy and we're jobless and we we don't have anything to contribute and actually showing like no that is not true we're living in a just a very different world where people are having to do things differently so in this article uh, there's there's loads of other like really amazing young people doing such fabulous things and uh, so I felt really oh, really really humbled to be placed alongside them in this article and um, yeah anyway I'm excited about it and do go out and buy the latest issue but uh, yeah but while I was there doing my interview with them I took out my recorder and did an interview with uh, Lucy as well and uh, it's really nice quite short but really nice chat Um, so I'll go into that in a minute just before I start just please do um, rate and review the podcast if you like it that helps me a lot and then I have my patreon page which i use to try and fund this project um uh and so anything that you can uh, offer on there goes a long way to helping me create these spaces to talk about mental health um and uh yeah so if yeah i'll put a link down below i try and upload extra content and stuff like that and it really really does help but if you're not in a situation where you can um offer any financial support then that's totally fine just listen that's what I want you to do. I want you to hear these stories of these amazing people. Um, and yeah, do share these things if you like them as well. Uh, but anyway, without further ado, here is the conversation between me and Lucy. So I'm, my name's Lucy Purdy, and I'm the editor of Positive News magazine. Yeah, so I've, I've been involved to some degree for about, I think about five years. Um, I first got involved when I was a freelance journalist, um, and then kind of gradually... It went from writing to doing a bit of subbing and, and editing and then became editor about two years ago now, I think. So, yeah, I, I previously worked in like local newspapers. That was my, my first job up in um, Warwickshire, then in North London. And then I just kind of went freelance and started following my nose a bit in terms of what I wanted to write about, which was issues to do with the environment and about food growing often, gardening, things like that, um, as well as kind of ne- more newsy stuff. And, yeah kind of just found this publication one day called Positive News and thought that sounds pretty good so yeah so I've been involved for a while so what is it you like about Positive News <laughs> so as, as a journalist at that time it was quite a, it was quite a novel thing so I, I had quite a traditional kind of news training which is you know I, I think I, w- I was really trained to do things like hold power to account to um, ask people difficult questions for interviews to be quite adversarial that kind of thing so coming across positive news and realizing that the it was at that time a newspaper but realizing that it wasn't kind of fluffy feel-good content but it was actually you know proper journalism but just with a focus on solutions it just felt really kind of new and interesting and exciting something I really wanted to be part of cool um so we talked about this just briefly before we started but like one of Something that I found when I was sort of exploring my sort of relationship with depression and stuff like that, I sort of saw it was around the time of Brexit, which is complicated for many people. Um, And I just felt watching the news and reading in the media, it just seemed to be this sort of constant cycle of how terrible the world is. 
people being stabbed, people embezzling stuff, wars happening, um, conflict, and I just didn't really feel that it was being it was beneficial to my sort of to fostering good mental health in myself. So mm. I just switched off and stopped. And I wonder, like, sort of what what relationship do you see maybe for yourself with things like the traditional media, mm. but also where positive news fits in with that? Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that because a lot of people come to us after doing the same thing, after basically saying they've switched off from mainstream news, whether that's buying a newspaper, listening to the radio, watching the you know 10 o'clock news, that kind of thing. But yet they, they have this sense that they still want to be informed about what's going on in the world. So we, we, you know, they come to us with that mindset of wanting to know what's going on, but with a, maybe being left with a sense of what they might be able to do about it or what is being done about it or potential solutions. Um, and yeah, so you know, as, while much of the press, mainstream press, focuses on what's going wrong, we try and focus on what's going right but not in a really simplistic way. We say we focus on progress, possibility and solutions. Um, and yeah, I think there is a really human need in us to know what's going on. And I think negative news sells really easily because of this inbuilt desire to you know, be aware of danger, be aware of things that we need to know about to like, survive in the world, essentially. So um, negative headlines really do grab, grab attention. But with positive news, we try and come at it from the understanding that Inspiring awe also does the same thing, it, you know, um, and there's studies that point to that, that it can be, you know, as powerful, but it's it's just not done so much, basically, it's kind of an untapped um, um, field, but it's, it's growing, and it's often referred to as constructive journalism within the industry, so, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's the kind of journalism that we try and do, it's not, um, like I said, it's not su- superficial, we hope, it's kind of using the traditional kind of techniques of journalism, so interviewing, fact-checking, um, you know, research, all those kinds of things, and doing it in a, hopefully, a rigorous and, and quality way, but applying those techniques to drawing out, like I said, what's being, what's being done. So, yeah. And do you think it's having a positive effect on society? Have you seen, in the last five years since you've been involved in this, changes within society? It's, it's hard to say on, on, on a... On that kind of scale, but anecdotally from readers, we know that it has a big impact on people's lives. They say that they um, they want, you know, like I said, they want to be kept informed, but in in a way that doesn't leave them feeling completely disempowered and hopeless, and like the world's just going downhill, and there's there's very little that people can do about it. So we we try and draw out examples of um, you know compassion, kindness of of people working together in inspiring ways. Um, of solutions, we're not. We don't try and present things as like this is the solution on a particular topic, but it's just a way of showcasing people that are trying, basically. Um, and yeah, I think that's really important because I think that's a really it, it's it's part of what humanity does. You know, yes, things go wrong. You know, there's war, there's famine, there's corruption, there's all sorts of terrible experiences, difficult things that people go through. But I think there is another side of the coin, which is that people sometimes they're capable of amazing things as well and, and of working together often in really difficult circumstances and of coming up with solutions to really, really difficult problems. So we just feel like it's not a true reflection of humanity if we only focus on the negative side and that we need to show that other side too. And yeah, in answer to your question, I think um, 
even in the time that I've been involved with Positive News, it's it's an approach that's really kind of gaining traction within the industry. So now some of the quite major news organisations like The Guardian, for example, The Huffington Post and the BBC are experimenting with this kind of journalism. So whereas before it was often that, and finally, <laughs> bit on the bulletins, you know, so it was maybe a bit of a superficial story about a cat being rescued or something. I think it's been now taken much more seriously and more resources being committed to it. I think that's still a long way to go before we do achieve much more of a balance, but I think it's been taken seriously and I hope we had a small part to play in that. I think we did. So do you think it's still a lot of um, that is, um, how do I word it? I guess economics still plays a large part in the sort of journalism that is put out into the world yeah it's really interesting I think traditionally that has been what sells you know bad news sells and and often people think that our sometimes the reaction to positive news is oh it's that's nice and everything but it's quite naive you know the world's not really like that it's 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 this and that which I completely understand um but also news is undergoing a bit of a crisis financially anyway obviously the ad driven revenue models of, of yesteryear are kind of crumbling <laughs> so it's actually really an, an interesting time to look at new ways of doing things um, so our ownership for structure for example is quite interesting so we're actually a cooperative owned by 1,500 of our readers around the world so a few years ago we um, ran a crowdfunding campaign and the people that bought shares are kind of reader co-owners so it means that we're completely accountable to them um, so it was, it was kind of a way to raise investment for us to grow as, a, as an organisation and a publication, but it also meant we were able to grow without being controlled by a big um, kind of corporation or a wealthy proprietor. So we're, we're basically democratically controlled by the people that we're here to serve. Um, and yeah, we're a fairly small team with limited resources and we'd love to get bigger and bigger and have you know, banks of journalists on every continent and so on, but we're, we're starting small and... We, yeah, it's really exciting to see other <clears throat> publications, not necessarily in constructed journalism, but other independent magazines and things like that, really coming up with new and exciting ways to, to make money and that aren't dependent on the kind of stereotypes and assumptions of old and, and negative news is definitely one of them. I was going to say, so that, that funding structure and the way the magazine is fundamentally run, I guess, has a big effect on the ethos of the whole magazine because you read a lot about these the big major newspapers and news organizations all being owned by like oligarchs and billionaires and stuff which obviously has an effect so if you can democratize it more then i guess it it really sort of enables you to make real changes and not be controlled by market forces so much yeah that's interesting yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's going well for us. Our reader numbers are growing. So we, we like I mentioned, we were in newsprint before, but we converted yeah. to magazine format about um, two years ago. And it's a it's a much more kind of high quality magazine. We try and make the design yeah. keep that to a really high standard, and hopefully have it as something that's yes, it's a news and current affairs publication, but something that's also beautiful. We think the news can be beautiful as well. And our circulation is now around 13,000 in total. We've got about 5,000 subscribers, which is, um, yeah, an improvement even on last year. And we're now stopped in kind of WH Smith stores around the country. And yeah, yeah I, see them, I, I see it more and more in just places that, you know, to get sort of, I guess these would usually have been in more like specialist magazine shops 
yeah. and stuff before. I mean, I know yeah. in Brighton there's this really nice magazine shop which sells. Oh, uh, magazine Brighton. Yeah, and it sells really beautiful magazines that go in there a lot. And because I don't usually expect to find those sort of magazines on the shelves of WH Smith, but yeah, I saw it in the train station yesterday, Positive News and WH Smith, and I thought it's really, I think that, to me, did indicate some sort of change. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting what you said about people saying it's all very well and good having positive news, but like the world's not really like that. But then Mm. you also said that it's not sort of fluffy, feel-good stories. It is about solutions. And I think yeah. that's that's the difference because actually the content in positive news, it's not all really positive stuff. It's telling you about sort of wars and famines and poverty. <laughs> and like, I mean, all of the positive news stories essentially are based in something which could easily be spun into a sort of this is the problems and yeah. we're all doomed but it's not yeah. it's actually I think it creates agency for people to be like yes these things are happening but why what use is just sitting complaining and yeah. sharing it when you could get out and realise that you're part of society you are society you are the world yeah. you can yeah. you can change it well that's the thing it's, for us it's, it's like you say yeah. what, what's the use and what's the use for us in ignoring any of the major yeah. things going on because that means we're irrelevant um, but like I say we, you know, we're now in WH Smith and things like that and a, part, a big part of our aim is to become more mainstream but I think to um, you know to, to be relevant we need to cover things that people are really grappling with and that society is really grappling with so to give you a few examples, in our, in our last issue we covered the um, topic of, of porn, which we feel like is a really big and growing kind of topic that, you know, is kind of slightly under the surface, not really spoken about maybe that much, maybe, maybe even less so than mental health, I don't know. But that it's, um, you know, the sheer kind of numbers involved and the sheer availability of this content on the web, we were like, right, we think that's a topic. But instead of just saying... You know, so, so many teens are watching porn at whatever age or it's having this impact on relationships, whatever. We wanted to... So we, we did cover that, but we also looked at what's being done about it. So I interviewed, for example, a, a married couple who, you know, it, it turned out the guy had, a, had a, a problem with porn and it kind of came out of the blue for them. So we talked to them about how they cope with that, basically, and, and then interviewed some of the organisations that, that are now setting up to help people grapple with what's I think experts disagree but whether or not it's an addiction but it's certainly got these kind of addictive elements and it's it's a new and kind of um, growing topic but we felt that was relevant Um, so yeah likewise we've interviewed and I've interviewed um, former far right nationalists who have previously you know committed acts of real violence and racial you know motivated violence but we I spoke to them about um leaving those movements and, and they're, they're known as formers, this network of formers that exists around the world and they're basically trying to help people who are in similar situations leave those movements as they have. So we felt like that was a, you know, really, a really u- ugly topic really in lots of ways but one that if you can show what certain people are, are capable of and that they've really um, rethought their choices and their paths and, and showing themselves capable of making such inspiring changes that that's really worthy of reporting on. Yeah, yeah I think so. So do you think, have you um, have you heard stories of like of people getting in contact with you to say things that they've directly been inspired to do because of, sort of the, the journalism that 
you focus on? Yeah, we have. We've had some really good ones. Um, I've got to try and think of one now. <laughs> we, we've, we certainly know of readers who have been inspired to set up a, a scheme in the local area, or you know whether it's one that springs to mind is that you know that we've reported on the pumpkin rescue campaign, and somebody set up one recently and got like the local community really involved, and it was a real success. And she just read an article and thought, well, I could do that too, so she did it. Um, What's the pumpkin rescue campaign? Oh, sorry, yeah. So we published an article about that around Halloween time. So okay. it's basically a campaign driven by a, a London campaign group called Hubbub. And they basically encourage people to do something useful with the pumpkins after they're finished with, after Halloween rather than just throwing them away. So cooking with them or composting with them or getting the community together to make something good out of them. But yeah, in, in, a, in a much more general sense, we get people get in touch to say that the magazine's just like slightly altered their sense of what's possible. And, and it might be a small, a small thing, but I think it can have a big impact on the way you see the world. Like for, I know as a journalist and, and positive news editor looking for, and, and obviously not everything has a bright side, not everything has a flip side, and we don't want to um, kind of find the positive side of, of topics that there just isn't one. But I think it does, it has encouraged me to look at things slightly differently, like, okay, yeah, that's really difficult, but what's what's being done about it and what could happen if we all maybe focus on that a little bit more and um, rather than just what the problem is and how, how terrible and disempowered it's making us feel. What do you, what's your view on small making small changes? Do you think they're important? Yeah, so funnily enough, <laughs> that was our cover story for our last issue. So we basically zoomed in on that topic um, in more detail, which is yeah, that idea of well, if I if I you know recycle my plastic bottle, if I use a single use plastic bottle, sorry, not a single use, a reusable one instead of yeah. you know a chuck away one, what good is that if like billions of people around the world every day are using you know a plastic bottle and throwing that away or what happens if I try and be nice to the person on the bus but they're just miserable and you know it doesn't go anywhere so yeah it was a really interesting um exploration of that really and and the consensus that we interviewed people like Mark Williamson from Action for Happiness and um people from the Kindness Offensive and things like that as well and then we also included some small acts that we we kind of use as examples of, of ways to test this theory and the consensus seemed to be and obviously it's everyone will have their own view on this but that they really do add up that um it's kind of um taking a positive action is a a step towards a wider change in this I, I don't know how you feel about this Marcus but if you kind of um yeah the ripple effect basically that we 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 touched on earlier that I think there's something more tangible than often what, what we can see on a surface level that if you put put good things out there and this isn't being about being model citizens all the time or you know living perfect lives because obviously well it's not like that but that if you if you just put some attention on what could go wrong or how you can contribute that's a really really good first step in changing things for the better yeah I mean I believe in that I, I'm a big believer in small changes I think I come across that quite a lot, people being, well, I'm just one person, so what's the point? Mm. What effect would I have? And it sort of makes me feel sad when I hear people say that because yeah. it's sort of completely denying your own sense of agency and your own ability to affect the world. And I think we all have that. But And I think it's also a very, I think maybe it's a symptom or a sign of the individ- individualistic way we've come to view society because, yes... By myself, if it was just me doing this, then that would have very little effect. Mm. But if millions of 
individual people start to do something, well, not even millions, just a small group, then, then that becomes more than just yourself. That becomes something. And I think by doing those small things, you are likely to inspire other people to do them. And that is how change happens. Yeah, and I, I, think. I think change can often happen more quickly than we imagine as well. Like, just yeah. thinking back to the past year with movements like the Me Too movement yeah. and, and then the, you know, the campaigning around plastics, single-use plastics as well, just how quickly the public consciousness has, seems to have shifted on that. And obviously it remains to be seen whether that leads to long-lasting change. Um, and obviously there's so many other topics and they're all interconnected. It's very complex, but... To me, that shit, that's really inspiring, that things can really ramp up quickly. Have you seen the Extinction Rebellion stuff? Yeah, Because yeah. that seems to have like, just exploded suddenly. Yeah, And I, yeah. I would like to sort of follow it a bit more. Um, I haven't really been around in London at all, so... Yeah, no, it's been, it's been quite visible, and I think they've done a great job at... Like, literally just having that idea that, that they wanted to do something and they felt the real urgency and, and this is how they wanted to tackle it and they just got on and, and done it, really. And it's been very visible and very kind of tangible campaign and I think that's just so inspiring. Same with what you're doing around Ministry of Change, that you, you know, you found yourself in this position, you, 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 you kind of followed your heart, it, one thing led to another, you know, the project's now gathering pace and, and that's just one person, but it's really inspiring. So I think kind of step into that, like, okay, this feels good. I want to go with this. Where's it going to lead to? I'm not sure, but let's go for it. <laughs> Great. I'd like to thank Lucy again for that. It was uh, yeah, really nice to go in and chat with her. Um, again, do go and buy the latest issue of Positive News magazine, the one with me in it. Um, I <laughs> Sorry, you might know that. notice that I'm quite excited about that. Uh, I don't think I've ever been featured in a magazine before. So that's great. Um, And uh, yeah, so once again, thank you. Um, I really like Positive News. I think they're doing amazing things. I I think everything about them is good. So yeah, if you haven't heard of them before, go and look at them. Uh, And uh, yeah, do go check out all the other people in that Solutions Generation article as well. They're doing really cool stuff. Um, And so thank you. Thank you for listening. And please... Do rate and review, as I said at the beginning, if you can. That really, really helps me to spread these stories further. And then, as I mentioned, I do have my Patreon. Um, I don't earn a salary to do this. Like, I basically require, just rely on sort of the kindness of other people. And then I also do other work to which I basically put the money into funding this. Um, it's not the best situation, but uh, I, I, love, I love this. I think this is so such important work i think there's so many important stories that need to be heard and i want to do that and i'm going to do that and any support you can give me that really helps uh yeah so anyway and if you just want to find out more about the ministry of change then i've got my website which is www.theministryofchange.org and you can find me on all the usual social media platforms as well uh, which i sometimes update a lot and sometimes i don't um it's hard isn't it to keep on top of all that stuff and also remember to live life be present but i try and anyway thank you very much and i will be back soon i've got some great episodes coming up so uh look forward to that see you soon <laughs>